So my wife brought these back. She used to eat them in Thailand. What is that? They're perfect for Halloween. What are those? <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, they look fake or like plastic bats, but it's actually called a water caltrop. Col- I had to look it up. And it's like similar to a water chestnut. Ah. Like you boil them for 30 minutes and then you crack them open, except it's a little less sweet and a little more starchy. That's pretty and cool. And where, cool. where are those native to? Uh, when I looked it up, I, I believe it was parts of Asia and somewhere else. Might be Africa as well. Yeah. It's a pretty cool like Halloween sort of theme ingredient. Yeah. I don't know. what could you, see, could you see some kind of use for that in a juice bar? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass them out for Halloween. Kids come by, I'm going <laughs> to... Toss them in there. Like, what the hell? It's another Friday. This week I did it my way. I made lots of juice, and now I feel a boost. Baby, say, oh, it's the way I make my juice. Pressing fruits and roots. This week I did it my way. Baby, say, oh. Have some fun. There is nothing greater than Friday's good nature. Oh, 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 what's up, my lovers? Welcome to Good Nature Radio. This is your host, Charlie Wetlaufer, joined by the two top juice business consultants in the world, Chef Ari Sexner and the one and only Olivia Esquivel. Is that how you read for your kids? Like, <laughs> kind of. Is that what story time is like? In the, <laughs> I do enjoy reading. It's fun. Yeah, it's awesome. They're also our superstar instructors on the Good Nature School of Juice. Use code GN Radio for a hundred dollars off any course. Been seeing those course sales coming in. Lots of happy customers. They seem to be uh, having a really good reception so anyone who's thinking about it definitely worth it it's also nice i've seen the course sales coming in from all over the world which is cool yeah let me tell you this charlie so i was in san antonio for a wedding close to you you're in austin but um one of my husband's aunts lives in the congo and so we were she came in for the wedding and we were talking and she um told me that she was in south africa and went to a juice bar and like struck up a conversation with the owner and was like, oh yeah, like my uh, my nephew's wife is in the juice industry and I think she does a podcast. And the lady said, Olivia Esquivel, she's with Good Nature. Oh she was like, she's a pod listener. I was like, oh that's my God, amazing. that's so awesome. Yeah, so she's like, so yeah, cool. I listen to the pod every week. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so excited. But isn't that wow. wild? I just, I was like, Man. I mean, I know that because we get voicemails from all over the world, but like how random for her to like walk That's into a juice bar cool. in South Africa and right away just be a listener so cool. of the Good yeah. Nature Radio podcast. Oh, awesome. <laughs> how awesome. Very cool. Maybe she's listening to this one right she now. She could be listening right now. Hello, <laughs> South Africa. Um, yes. So Good Nature Radio is the weekly Friday podcast where the juicing industry comes together to get help with starting and growing a juice business. 
can leave us a message uh, or request a free consultation with Ari and Olivia at goodnature.com slash radio. And also join in the Good Nature dis- Juicing Facebook group for discussions all about commercial juicing. Just go on Facebook groups and search for Good Nature Juicing. Up to over 4,500 members now, which is awesome. Wow. And, of course, shop in bulk for premium juice bar ingredients and supplies at the Good Nature Marketplace at goodnature.com. We have an amazing episode today. I hope it's going to be amazing. We'll see. Uh, All about labeling. Labeling is one of the most popular topics in the Facebook group. It's like literally anytime anyone posts a picture of a bottle of juice, the first question is, where do you get your labels? (laughs) Um, It's pretty funny, actually. It's so so, uh, consistent, right? And so designing labels, getting them printed, uh, sourcing labels, and what to put on the label is what we're going to be talking about today. So we can start with, I think we can start sort of the beginning with designing labels and the requirements of that, and then move into the uh, printing and that kind of stuff. So... All right, starting with design. So one of the uh, services we do offer is helping design branding and logos and juice bottle labels. So Olivia, you have quite a bit of experience with this, not only in your own juice bar, but actually helping other clients as well. Um, So I guess what's the process in designing label? Like someone comes to you like, hey, I want to get labels done for my... Mm-hmm. Juice bottles, what does that process look like? Yeah, so so there's been a lot of actually innovation in juice labels over the past couple of years. And um, you know, once you think you've seen it all, you see somebody come out with a with another way to label a juice, which I think is so smart. But um the first thing that you need to have in order is obviously deciding whether your label on your juice is gonna be specific to that recipe. Um, or, you know, you're just printing rest. Every label is going to have a different recipe, or if it's going to be a generic label that maybe you can buy in bulk, and then you'll have some sort of mechanism to mark what's in that juice. Um, you know, I've seen people do like a generic label that would work for every single recipe that would have the logo. You need to have the location. We can talk about more of those requirements later on in the pod, but, um, I've seen them actually list out all of the ingredients in the juice bar right? And then have like a check mark system where you say, okay, now we've, we're putting this juice in this bottle with this label. So I'm going to check the five or six ingredients that are in. And that really keeps costs down. Um, so that's one thing I've seen that I've seen other people do generic labels and then be specific on the cap and do a second label on the cap that includes what is in that juice. So the first thing would really be a conversation to kind of figure out how set are you on your menu um, do you know your food costs? Are we sure this is a recipe we want to print thousands of labels on or hundreds of labels? Um, make sure that that's all good first. And then when I feel really confident about that, they have a good understanding of um, what needs to be in the recipe. Then we start with what size bottle are you going to use, plastic or glass? Um, are we going to do a one panel, a two panel, or a three panel? Is there going to be a nutritional panel on this? Is it required in your area? And if not... Um, do, is that still something you want to offer? Then I can toss them over to Chef Ari, who does the nutritional um, information for juices. And he can talk about that too. But so just kind of getting a lay of the land of what we want that bottle to look like, or at least what information we want the label to look like. And then my team will set up 
um, almost a mood board of labels and give them two to three different looks and designs to see which really which one really speaks to their brand, um, which one really feels good. Um, and then from there, we just start, you know, finalizing it and um, finalizing the label. And then we would send you the ready-made file for you to print either with a recommended printer that we use um, or that we've seen their work or you could print locally um, at that point, the decision is yours who to print with. So, um, Ari, I've got the requirements pulled up here. Can you speak a little bit about the sort of uh, FDA requirements for juice label? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, going back a little bit to what Olivia just mentioned, too, I, I think what's also important is what not a lot of people consider is, you know, if you have the white uh, mm-hmm. writing on the label or the black. Mm-hmm. Uh, lettering, I think it's really important, especially if you're doing nut milks, to go with a black mm-hmm. uh, or do a combination of both just so that it p- shows up. Right. A lot of times people don't realize that they need the black lettering on there for their nut milks. Oh, you you mean if it's a clear label, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And also uh, try to stick with one if possible. I yeah. know hand putting those on the bottles when you have like two and then maybe a safety seal on top or something like that, it, it could add a lot of labor mm-hmm. uh, but essentially whatever label you you come up with it, it has to be approved by your local inspection agency just like everything else you know and they're making sure you have these certain requirements on there uh, this blog post that uh, Robin put together uh, I believe it, it's it pretty much entitles everything that you'll need you know it's it goes through the requirements you, you have to have your company logo the juice name on there uh, the ingredients also in descending order mm-hmm. from from most to least in there, the amount of juice in that bottle, as well as the percentage of juice, you know. So if it's got water or certain spice in there, that that percentage might change slightly. So that's really important. And then you go on to the warning and the allergen statements. So we have the the proper verbiage for there for the raw and the nut allergen uh there's a lot of allergen statements but mostly it pertains to nuts for for juices and then the dress for facility uh a lot of times people might try to get away with uh you know having that standard label or the logo on the front and then they'll have like a little tag mm-hmm. around the the neck of the bottle yeah. and it will have the specific print off i think the most popular one of that is of course is air one mm-hmm. uh but you want to check with your local authority and make sure you could do that because that's an easy way to have a nice clean bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they accept that, I mean, that's probably one of the best ways to go in terms of like production and be able to wrap that on the label. Uh, yeah, and then the uh, the other method, which I think Olivia mentioned, which I think works really well is you can just have like a round sticker that you put on top of the lid that has mm-hmm. the recipe yeah. in it, which makes yeah. it easy or literally just write like with a marker somewhere on the label like what's in it which i think is fine as well mm-hmm. um let me show you this picture since ari brought up erwan i can show um so yeah so they have so they use glass bottles that are mm-hmm. printed right on the bottle like silk screen print which is also kind of expensive to get done but very it's possible expensive. very yes yeah. <laughs> Um, 
especially in low volume. It's like they'll charge yeah. you an extra like dollar a bottle or something mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and then they put a tag around it with the actual recipe on it, which is mm -hmm. another good way to do it, I think. Yeah, it's a great um, way to do it if you have a case like that, Charlie. It's not something I would recommend if you're doing farmer's markets and you're putting your juice in coolers with ice or something uh, like that. Right. But if you've got a safe brick and mortar and their juices are upright and those tags are not touching any sort of condensation or wetness or anything, then that's a beautiful way to do it. But I just I know a lot of our listeners are doing farmer's markets right now because we're in the in that season. So you just want to make sure that you're testing whatever label you're using and the way that you're using it, or you could have a big mess on your hands. There's right. a awesome company, uh, Apothecary Juice mm -hmm. in Luxembourg, mm -hmm. and, and they do that style and they have the tag on their bottles. I don't know if they're still doing it, but I, I saw it for a little bit and it's actually has little flowers inside there. So you take the tag and plant Aww. it in and it'll grow seeds. Oh, yeah. it's, oh, it's pretty that's cool. Awesome. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, so Ari, I have a question about these label requirements. Mm -hmm. I have an example right next to me that I want to share where this drives me crazy. I brought it up before on the pod, but where the ingredients they list on the front are in a different order or just omitting certain ingredients in the mm -hmm. actual juice, like they they don't match what's on the back. Mm -hmm. Are you yeah. not required to put them in the right order on the front? Like yeah. I know this blog post that says in descending order, mm -hmm. but is that only required like on the back, like down in this little label or what's your... No, on the front it should also be in descending order. It you know, the, the challenging thing is, you know, the, the FDA sets this, these blanket regulations yeah. and then the local authorities kind of interpret those regulations. So it's not always clear cut and followed exactly to a T like what we have posted on here, uh, mm -hmm. not for like the nutritional labeling, but just that, that first example that's the proper way interpreted by the FDA in which uh, kind of covers everything. You know, your right, local so inspection there's, agency there's might this, not. This brand, uh, my wife got at Costco, well, Just mm -hmm. Made. It's a brand of juice. And like any normal person, she just saw... So on the side here, it's probably hard to see on a video, but it says, mm -hmm. this bottle contains one passion fruit, one third dragon fruit, quarter pineapple, half teaspoon maca root. That's it. Okay? Right. Yeah. Turn around to the back where the ingredients are listed. Ingredients. Pear juice is the first one. Nowhere on this label on the front does it say pear juice. And that's the first ingredient. Yeah. That shit drives me crazy. Yeah. yeah. Second ingredient. Filtered water. <laughs> like, what the hell? That's... What's which yeah, is probably they, this a is pear like a, juice concentrate that they watered down with water, right, Chef? I mean, probably is yeah. what that was. Pear it was probably, probably a pear. Like it was probably a pear concentrate. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. No, what's I check out some, some of their is, other uh, recipes online. They uh -huh. all have pear juice. They all have water. Yeah. It's probably just like it's a the same base they, for everything. Yeah. yeah. What, what's so, so hard? Frustrating is on like a local raw level. Mm -hmm. it's so much more challenging than like these large production places, you know, right. the large production places, they make a mistake and something bad happens. And typically we're the ones that get hit hardest, 
you know, the right. local sure. law places. Yep. Uh, well, and yeah, I but would, uh, sorry, go ahead, Charlie. Well, I was just going to say, just take a moment to talk about the <laughs> honest labeling. Yeah, honest you know, labeling. Yeah. I've I've seen several brands do this. I talked about one local one in Texas. I walked into and bought this. Like I thought it was a lemon ginger shot, and then it ended up being mostly water, um, because the ingredients on the front didn't match the ingredients on the back, and I, I, I think it's tempting. Like, say you go to Costco, and you buy a national brand like this, and you see them do this, you think, oh well, since they're doing it, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that this one is four dollars and fifty cents. And you're charging ten dollars, so you can't do that. You have to right. provide a better product because you're charging twice the price. So we can't just say, "Well, the big ones do it, so I'm going to do it." Because I, I think the difference between a local juice bar and a national brand is that we do have to be better, and we have to be trusted, and we can't just do all the shady nonsense that these big brands do. But it's tricky because I mean, your wife, who's married to you know, the family of good nature presses, right? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. you, like even as knowledgeable as she is, I probably would have done the same thing because she probably had one or two kids in her car. Right. She's trying to get down. She's trying to grab her juice and go, um, trying to do the right thing. I mean, the problem is, is that this has become so mainstream that then it's us on the ground that really have to educate the people coming into our store of what the difference is between that Costco juice and what we're doing and why there's a price difference, why their labeling is different. I mean, it's it's just so hard. And how few people would actually buy that juice, turn it on its side and look to see that it's actually pear juice concentrate, right? They just, same right. thing as like, you know, some of the protein bars out there, like they just take it for face value because unfortunately in the United States, we're allowed to do that from a labeling standpoint for these big players. Um, it, it just, and it then just in makes, the tiniest, it makes it harder for us. The, tiniest font possible see that little white font all the way at the top it says contains 80 percent juice <laughs> yeah oh my god and i mean that's like the smallest font of anything in the whole bottle <laughs> large processors are actually able to add water and not add it as an ingredient right like that's one of the yeah, things they like use to concentrate. Point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they say they're just adding it back into the juice or something. So that has so much water that they actually have to put it on there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And also another thing, this label does not mention HPP mm-hmm. pasteurization anywhere in the bottle, which I'm sure this is HPP because it's illegal for it not to be right. to wholesale mm-hmm. in Costco. What's, what's the date and, on it? Sometimes Enjoyed I can't even find November, a date on them. Enjoy by November 1st. So, yep. yeah. So it's pasteurized. Um, so that's like a month and a half. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't say it's pasteurized or HPP'd. Right. And the brand name says just made. <laughs> oh, this was just made six weeks ago. Like this is oh. like one of the worst examples I've ever seen. That's of this terrible. Nonsense. That is, that is terrible. I've never heard of that juice. <laughs> that is terrible. There, there's a brand yeah. of juice out there. I think it's called like raw juicery or something, and it's not raw. Yeah. <sighs> you know, that should be illegal. Um, but let me let me just show this. So I pulled up this old article. So in March of 
2017, I published an article called The Truth About HPP. And one of the things in the article I mentioned was that there is this thing they're doing where instead of calling it HPP, they're calling it cold pressured, which sounds a lot like cold pressed. So is there a tricky way of like saying it was HPP without calling it HPP? And then three months later, uh, Watermelon Water got sued, class action Mm -hmm. lawsuit. Watermelon Water's use of the terms cold press and cold presser to describe some of its products. Watermelon Water's original cherry varieties, for example, are referred to as cold pressed, while ginger lime and lemon flavors are cold pressured. The two terms, attorneys say, are confusingly similar in appearance, sound, and the manner in which they are presented on packaging, and as such, the two processes should be reasonably interpreted as being indistinct from each other. So they got sued for that. I think they settled out of court. Um, like, and they went as far as like on, in the frequently asked questions on the website, is watermelon water pasteurized? And FAQ section of the website response reads, no, watermelon water is never heated. It's produced using a high pressure process that protects the enzymes and nutrients, but eliminates microorganisms. Like part of the lawsuit, they're saying, well, pasteurization kind of also means HPP yeah. these days. So. Yeah, it doesn't um, have to be heated just to be pasteurized. Yeah. And then, and years before that, there was a series of class action lawsuits against Suja, Blueprint. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if there's somebody else involved in that. That Od- uh, were labeling it as raw after it had been HPP. They say raw, never heated. And then they yeah. did not put HPP on the label. And they were also sued. So, I mean... Beyond it just being kind of dishonest, you can end up facing a lawsuit for doing this kind of tricky stuff. Even though it's not under FDA guidance that you have to label it. If I go to a lawyer and say, hey, I bought this juice thinking it was raw and extra nutritious because it's labeled as raw. But now I'm finding out that actually it's six weeks old. Mm -hmm. And I bet a bunch of other people have also purchase this under this misconception, then that's a mm-hmm. class action lawsuit they can, so I don't know. Yeah. All right, anyway, I digress. You know, I always get <laughs> fired up about this stuff. <laughs> I, I think the big thing that happened was when they started breaking it into categories from further processed, you know, cause I mean, the further processing is the stuff that extends the shelf life, you know, mm-hmm. with pressure or, like uh, heat or anything like that, and then kind of break in different categories to just justify it to make it seem like it. It's it's real frustrating. Yeah, I sure. mean, can can we just all agree that in the cold pressed juice industry, we should tell people what's in the juice and how it's been processed? You know, like it's pretty simple. Yeah. Just tell them tell them how you made it. Tell them what's in it. And what's in it? Ingredients, nutrition, preservatives or additive. Like if you're adding yeah. vitamin C or something. Um, and then there's the organic thing. Yeah. Like, uh, don't label it as organic. If you, oh, well, sometimes we use a little bit of something that's not organic, you know, just be honest with people. We talked about this recently on the pod, but Mm -hmm. say we try to be organic as much as possible. If that's the truth, right? Don't just say organic, you know, on on the label, there's different requirements too. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have a hundred percent organic where everything is organic, no matter what. You know, minus water. You could still add water to it. Everything else organic is fine. And then there's just putting organic on it 
where it's like 95% has to be organic. And then there's a classification with like made with organic. Uh, you know, I, I looked it up. It was 70% needs to be organic mm -hmm. and you need to specify which ingredients are in organic in that beverage, mm -hmm. you know, and, but don't just go ahead and throw that emblem on there, you know, get the approval process or else you're going to get shut down or they're going to give you a cease and desist until you get that approval. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really serious. And I think that one of the things that I've been shocked by talking to a lot of people in the juice industries that have their businesses, whether they're just starting or further down the road, I always tell you one of the first things I ask to sort of get my mind around what kind of business they're running is I ask, you know, glass bottle, plastic bottle, organic, not organic. And I'm always shocked at the amount of people that tell me, oh, we're all organic. And I've learned to take it a step further and say, oh, so everything you do is organic? Like <laughs> everything, like literally I'll ask it three times. So like everything you do is like, everything you do is organic. And they're like, well, you know, some people right. think the word organic just means like some of them will answer me and be like, yeah, everything we put in it is natural. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That's not <laughs> what all organic means. Like, you know, is it certified organic? Are you getting it from an organic farmer? Do you have that paper trail? Well, no, no, no. I mean, sometimes I go, you know, to Walmart or I try to find my produce and sometimes I get it organic if it's a good price. But then I went last week and it wasn't a good price. So I bought regular and I'm like, okay, well, you're telling everybody you're doing all organic and I get it. I get why you can't buy all organic, but that's not something that we can just say. And it's not something that we can just put on a label. Um, right. you know, it, and it's, this, it's the same thing I find sometimes, you know, you don't realize this until you're doing really big volume sometimes, but you know, they'll fall in love with an ingredient like a green apple, right? And it, that's the green apple that they want to use in that recipe. Then what happens and they can't find green apples and they use a red apple, you know? So sometimes I say, you know, on the, on the label, let's be as careful as we can, particularly if we're doing large bulk label orders. Because what you don't wanna do is get into a situation where you have hundreds of thousands of labels and then all of a sudden you decide you weren't gonna use green apples anymore. Or all of a sudden, you know, the price of celery went up and you can't afford to do celery anymore. Well, now you have all these labels that say they have celery and they don't. Or you changed the recipe and you added pears and that wasn't what was in your original recipe. Like it's okay to change things, but just make sure that your, you know, your label matches, like what Charlie said, your label matches what's actually in the bottle. And that can be really hard to do because, you know, just like anything else, the more labels you buy, the less it costs you per label. But there's some people I talk to that are playing upwards of a yeah. dollar or more a label. Let me tell you now, that is too much to pay for a label. Yeah. If you are paying wow, upwards- is that true? Someone's yeah. oh. paying a dollar a label? Oh, yes, baby. Some that is true, <laughs> true, 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 true. And a lot of times That's they- crazy. It, it can be because they're using the wrong label because they're not ordering enough of the labels. So they're, you know, they're, they're buying maybe a hundred labels and they're obviously the cost goes up or they've hired a designer who's not knowledgeable in the industry. They're doing full color labels They or they fall in love with the full color label and they print it and, you know, Full color labels are super expensive. So those are just all things 
Labeling is, it's no wonder that it's the number one topic on the Facebook page because there's a lot of it, but it's one of those things that I really recommend you go with an expert, you make sure that your recipes are what they should be with Chef Ari, you make sure that myself and my team or somebody that is in the industry that actually knows what the requirements are, are designing these labels for you or you're gonna waste a ton of time and a ton of money. And one thing that I can tell you happens a lot in my juice bar is when we create a new label and we design it out, I mean, we must look at that thing a million times and pass it through 50 different eyes before we ever send it off to print. There's always a typo. There's always an ingredient mm -hmm. in the wrong place. There's always something that somebody didn't catch. So don't be just printing labels willy nilly. Like you really need to have a really good process in place or a good team um, like the Good Nature team that can help you make sure that your recipes are where they're supposed to be, that your nutritional facts are the same. Don't be using crazy apps to print out your nutrition facts. Let Chef Ari do that for you and then let our team do the design on it or you can really get burned. Yeah. I mean, not to harp on the organic aspect yeah. as well yep. is people don't realize the number one thing that people don't realize when they throw that term around organic is it's not organic if you go to a store and buy organic product and juice mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's you not. have, it's not, you need to have a purveyor and verify that they're mm -hmm. an organic food handler. Yes. And, and the reason for that is they'll be able to provide that too. But the reason for that is say, you know, you guys are talking about Costco, if they have an organic product there, mm -hmm. if they're not or an organic handler, Mm -hmm. or food handler, then who knows if they take the product, they, they wash it with some kind of product that's not approved and then put on their shelves, you know, where that spray that goes off every 15 minutes. So it's also important to verify with your purveyor, they're an organic uh, food handler as well. And that they can give mm. you the paper trail of it. Because if, if DHEC or Department of Ag comes after you, like they came after me, asking me if I was really organic, I mean, it took six months to go through that process of showing them the paper trail through all of my purveyors that had to then go to their farmers. So it's not something to be taken lightly. Um, you know, I think there's other ways in the branding to talk about that. Um, I, I also am of the mindset that if you're doing some things organic and other things not organic, I think it confuses the message to be like, like I've had people be like, okay, well the juice is organic, but the smoothie's not. Well, crap, I don't even eat all organic, but all of a sudden I don't want any of your smoothies. I only want your juice. So if there's just a few things that are organic in your shop, maybe it's better to not talk about organic, to talk about plant-based, to talk about cold press, to talk about the process that we use, rather than to highlight one or two things that are organic and then sort of downplay everything else. It just creates this hierarchy in my mind of the consumer's mind of these three things in the shop are good and clean and the rest are not. When the rest may all be local produce that you got from a local farmer that's probably actually superior to the organic certified things that you're calling out. Yeah. All right, let's move on to, um, let's talk about label application. Mm-hmm. So, you can, uh, I, I know a lot of questions like people want to buy like automatic label applicators and stuff. Mm -hmm. At what point does that make sense or does it ever make sense for a small business to worry about that or is just putting on by hand just fine? In my opinion, I'll just jump in. I think it's kind of like when you're at a thousand plus bottles to start looking at that. 
mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I would also not even just a label applicator. I, I think uh, the juice dispenser as well into the bottles, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it only makes sense because those machines are expensive. The The cheapest, smallest one I've, I've found, you know, that is NSF and, and safe to use is like three thousand dollars you know it's really expensive but also you got to think about you got to put the juice in dispense everything it it could apply the label you know even screws the cap on but then you have to clean the machine you know it's a secondary machine to clean you know versus just hand Mm -hmm. pouring it so i think once you hit over a thousand start looking for those kind of products and equipment that you can add but I, think I actually think for that. the bottle filling, it, it's even higher. I would say maybe doing thousands of bottles because, mm-hmm. yeah. first of all, the semi-automatic ones are useless. Mm-hmm. Like the ones where you stand there and press a pedal and it fills the bottle. You're still it's paying for that labor. To, it's faster to just fill by hand. Yeah, and but then, you're like, still paying like, for the already, labor to push the pedal. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I know Suja, you know, I'm close friends with the founder of Suja, and he, mm-hmm. he said they were hand-filling when they were doing like 5,000 bottles a day, they were just mm-hmm. pouring out of a pitcher. Mm-hmm. He said that was faster than the trying to worry about a semi-automatic filler. But if you can get to the point where you can invest in a fully automated line, if you're making 10,000 bottles of juice a day, um, then it makes sense. But that's, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment. Um, but it, it, when you're selling that much juice, it actually, the labor is worth it. But right. I would just not even worry about the filling equipment unless you're really doing like wholesale quantities. Um, but yeah, and then the label ap- application, I think probably putting on by hand is fine. If you're ordering a super high volume of bottles, you can sometimes ask the bottle supplier to apply labels for you and they'll do that as a service. Um, the cost will depend on volume and where you're buying the bottles. But you've got to be you know, getting pallets and pallets of bottles for that. Those are sometimes hit and miss too. Yeah. I've seen a lot of times where they come in with like a bunch of air pockets. Oh, and really? It's challenging to kind of yeah. sanitize them before filling them if they're not like packaged mm-hmm. properly and stuff. But Well, one thing I, I, I hear a lot of people ask about too, and I've had, um, because when I had HPP, I had this as well, was pre-printed bottles. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a convenience you're going to pay for, so it's going to increase your price. You've got to make sure that makes sense for your labor. But I will say it causes a storage issue. And it so you have to have, so if every label is pre-printed per flavor, you have to yeah. have storage per flavor, right? You can't just put of them just, all in one. Now, now instead of just having inventory of plastic bottles, you have inventory of seven you have different inventory plastic bottles. Per label, you know, per, per yeah. skew, which you have to take, everybody should be taking end and beginning of you know, month inventory to like, it, it's happened to me because I have bottles left over that are pre-printed. So I don't want them to go through my labels. I want them to go through the pre-printed bo- bottles first because I've already paid for them and they're already there and I don't want to pay for more labels. So they have to go up the ladder. They have to move all the bottles around. <laughs> they have to bring those bottles down, see if they need to be sanitized and then go through that before they're ever allowed to go look in the label section. So it causes an issue. And then the other thing I would say is, um, it's it sounds pretty to think so, but oftentimes when you get a label, uh, get a bottle that's pre-printed, it does not have a label on it. The ink is printed on the bottle, and so often what will happen is if it's gone through any sort of human interaction, moved around in the box, they will come scratched. 
So, and that's happened to me. I can't tell you hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of times where sometimes I can't even read Southern Press Usury mm. on it, or it's I like can't read the smeared. name of the Jews. It's yeah, it's it's either sometimes they're smeared like from when they were wet, or it's you know you can literally just take your fingernail over it and scrape off mm. the ink. So if they've been messed around or they're, you know, in your storage or whatever, you just have to really, really protect those. So there is a time and a place for pre-printed bottles or pre-printed, um, you know, labels applied to the bottles, but just make sure that you're there from a volume standpoint. That, that'd be nice if you ran out of like something organic and you just scratch yeah. that off. <laughs> it's like a scratch. And, yeah, it's like a, <laughs> I'd be like, that's like a scratch and sniff. Yeah. No, that's, that's what you should do. You should just have every single ingredient. You stock in the whole yeah. juice barrel, print it, and just scratch off the ones that's not yeah, in the bottle. Yeah, this is bottle. really great for labor, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is great. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think for for most good natured customers who are selling, mm-hmm. you know, between fifty and a couple hundred bottles a day, I think it makes sense. You just buy labels in a roll and you apply them manually. Yeah. Um, get a label that goes on the front that's just your general juice bar stuff. And then a label that goes on the back that has the raw juice warning. And if if you wanted to, I, I guess if you're not printing labels for each recipe, you just need the front label, right? And you can have the warning on there. Yeah, the you can warning. have the warning. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't do a front and a back in that case. Right. I would probably do a, a two panel label if you're going to have the warning and it doesn't all fit. And so you would, you would label it, you know, front and then it would curve around to yeah, the side. Goes and that's around where you could the have, edge like this, right? Exactly. And yeah. so that would be a two panel label rather than having, cause I've done that before too, where I have a front label and a back label and then keeping those really straight in the shop is hard. So you may get them particularly if they got the mm-hmm. nutrition panel on, you don't want to put the label of one juice and then your hourly associate grabbed the back panel for a different juice and put those nutritional facts together. So I'd recommend keeping it to either one panel and no nutritional facts or do your nutritional facts with Chef Ari and then do a two panel, if not a three panel label. And if so it also the, depends, like the yeah, bottle has to be the right kind of shape to do a two yes. panel. Right, yeah. right. Like, like the round bottle. bottles, they have those nice roller applicators that work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes a bit to fine tune, but uh-huh. they, they kind of work after a bit. Yeah. 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 Well, if anyone needs help with label design or getting labels printed, et cetera, um, we are here to help. Go to goodnature.com slash radio. Uh, Olivia can hop on a call with you and just chat about what you might need and see if you guys can work something out. Um, And Ari can help with, if you need FDA-approved nutrition facts for your juices, you help with the warning labels, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, We've got the Dream Team here, ready to assist, ready to make dreams come true. That's what we do here at the School of Juice. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that about covers it. Um, If anyone has any questions, hit us up on the Facebook group. And that, see y'all next week. See you then. I guess. Bye. It's another Friday. This week I did it my way. I made lots of juice and now I feel a boost. Baby, say, oh, it's the way I make my juice. Pressing fruits and roots. This week I did it my way. Baby, say, oh, now let's have some fun. There is nothing greater than Fridays at Good Nature.